Hey, TK Show is sponsored by South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, Northern California's number one volume dealer. Check them out at SouthCountyChryslerJeepDodge.net or drive a little and save a lot in Friendly Gilroy, where you will save thousands off a new vehicle. from the San Jose Mercury News, the Bay Area News Group, it's the TK Show. Now here's your host, Tim Kawakami. Everybody, it's Tim Kawakami here, the TK Show. Uh, very glad to have on as my guest today, right now. Probably the most requested guest I've had. To hell with Jim Harbaugh, Mark Davis, or Andy Nabartolo. <laughs> this, this is the one that I get people reach out to me because they sense... They sense quality in this conversation. I'm, I'm sure if there is any disappointment, it will be my, on my own because I will let down because I know this guy can bring it. Uh, it's Michael Silver from the NFL Network. Mike, uh, great to have you on. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. They, if they want me, it's because they know that I'm like you. I'll <laughs> say what I think and... I'm not worried about the blowback, and uh, may even enjoy it on some level. I, so, ha- uh, I have yeah, noticed that we'll about try- both of us. Yeah, I have noticed that yeah, about we'll, it. we'll try not to suck, and uh, hopefully... <laughs> And they'll definitely let us know either way, so it'll be fun. Well, uh, as we sit here, everyone's kind of waiting for news on Peyton Manning. Would you imagine there's something in the offing, or is this just going to be pushed back? And where do you think his mindset is right now? Well, I kind of thought that once you know things settled down after the Super Bowl, he would come to the conclusion that most of us, I think, have, which is he doesn't look like the Peyton Manning of old or anything like it. I uh, that's a pretty cool way to end, yep. and, uh, you know, it's time for the mic drop. But, uh, you know, people aren't necessarily wired the way that, that the rest of us are uh, in, in his position. Uh, I, I don't think that, you know, the average person understands that if you love doing something and you can only do it for even 20 years of your life, that you hate to give that up. And... You know, these people are competitors for a reason, and it's, it sure seems to me that if Peyton was going to retire, that uh, he probably would have arrived at that conclusion by now. Uh, it may be simply a strategic thing. Uh, he's due $19 million mm. guaranteed by the Broncos. Uh, I would imagine they would almost certainly release him uh, by the deadline, which I think is next Wednesday, if uh, he hasn't retired by then. And then that way, if he does decide to consider other offers or maybe even pull far of an unretire at some point, he won't be property of the Broncos. Hey, what's the John Elway take on this, Michael? I mean, what, what, does he just want him to retire? Does, is, is there any way that he would sort of want him back if at a lesser salary? I don't think so, because certainly nothing would stop the Broncos from going to Peyton and saying, listen, can we renegotiate something? Can we delay this deadline? You know, can we try to work something out here? Uh, when John Elway and Gary Kubiak made the switch to Brock Osweiler uh, last season when Peyton was playing real poorly and had the foot injury, they considered that a permanent switch as long as Brock Osweiler played well mm-hmm. and stayed healthy. And for a while, it looked like that was going to be the case. Uh, bizarrely and, and very, uh, you know, deliciously in that last regular season game, Kubiak decided that they needed a spark, that they weren't playing well against the Chargers uh, with Osweiler, who uh, Peyton later told people 
didn't even think Brock was playing that bad. Mm. But uh, they made the move. Uh, they, they started running the ball well. They won the game. Peyton played a lot better than he had and really ran the Kubiak offense and bought in more than he had uh, previously. And the defense carried them to a championship. So to me, that's a perfect ending for everybody. I don't think John Elway wants to cut Peyton Manning, but he's not afraid to. I mean, he cut Tim Tebow at mm. the height of Tebow yep. mania yep. Uh, or traded him. But a- after, uh, you know, using Peyton, using the, the Peyton Manning signing, which was a big risk at the time, to get out of that. Uh, you know, and I think that's one nice thing when, you know, we're not talking about Trent Baalke or some guy <laughs> who's just, thinks he knows everything about football. <laughs> it's the guy who actually has done what very few people have done uh, and can look Peyton Manning in the eye, and, and he's one of those guys. So uh, John was able to walk away and drop the mic after winning the Super Bowl. If Peyton doesn't want to, I think John will send him on his way. Oh, we're going to get into Trent Balky later, Mike, but <laughs> I'm glad you, I'm glad I, you I figured, I figured <laughs> we might. So where do you think Peyton, if Peyton plays next season, where is he going to play? I think the Rams would have interest, mm-hmm. A, because Jeff Fisher likes to follow the bl- the blueprint that the Broncos just did with mm-hmm. Peyton, which is keep it close, run the ball, we got Todd Gurley, get a good kicker. It's very hard to win that way, but the Broncos just kind of did. So uh, that's, that's number one. Number two, uh, when you are the Rams and your quarterback play has been so bad these last few years, uh, your standards are a little different. So even though Peyton doesn't look like Peyton used to, he can still get in and out of calls, you know, check off to run. So, uh, you know, it's all relative. And then thirdly, it's L.A. And as you know, I uh, haven't been down there. Mm-hmm. L.A. loves stars. Yep. And uh, Peyton Manning's not Peyton Manning, but the name still is obviously um, a huge draw. So that would be the first place I'd look. Uh, you know, I know that Peyton and Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, are very close from, uh, you know, he's a, he's a Tennessee guy, yep. University of Tennessee guy. Um, you know, I don't think Hugh Jackson would be super thrilled with that. Mm-hmm. And if you hire Hugh Jackson, I think you're hiring him because uh, you want his vision of the offense and quarterbacks. But an owner always reserves the right to ram something down a coach's throat. That would be the only way I think that would happen. Uh, I think more likely Peyton would assess those options, decide to hold a press conference and retire, mm. but reserve the right to pull a Favre. And, you know, you never know. Guys get hurt. Maybe the perfect situation uh, to him develops in August or November or next year. <laughs> well, now that you mentioned both the 49ers and the Browns, uh, that that was a fascinating situation. And, and obviously you have unique insight because uh, you, you know Hugh Jackson so well. Uh, you know the 49ers organization organization well. What, what do you really think happened there uh, th- that you can say? that, that I reported that I thought Hugh Jackson was there, and I reported that he was their top, 49ers' top choice going into it. You didn't ever know what was going into the interview. Do you believe that was the case? Did Hugh ever get that sense? And, and, and what happened to make that not happen, him going to the 49ers? Well, I don't totally know, but mm-hmm. I'll just tell you what I think I know, and you know, maybe between what you know, what your sources mm-hmm. have told you and what my sources have told me, we'll get a little closer. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know Hugh Jackson really, really wanted that job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he wanted a job after four years of being in coaching purgatory, uh, following the the one and done with the Raiders. 
he obviously wanted any opportunity. I was excited to talk to anybody. But um, going into the search, Hugh Jackson viewed the 49er job as the best job on paper and, you know, did have a relationship with Trent Baalke dating back to Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, you know, felt like they had cap space and uh, a better roster than people uh, realized and, you know, had good feelings about Jed York. So, and obviously California and the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think going in, he would have put them highest on his list. And going in for the 49ers, he was a very, very enticing name. I, I mean, I do think they ran a good search. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, David Shaw and Sean Payton were kind of names that were out there. That mm-hmm. If that had come together, uh, if David Shaw had said, yeah, I want to make the jump, or if Sean Payton, uh, if that trade had been there for the taking – I think they they would have been very tempted to pounce, likely would have in either case, and uh, you know it would be tough to fault them. Uh, they, uh, you know, they they looked at Chip Kelly early, and that was enticing to them. Uh, and then they obviously had the other names that that came up with the search and Mike Shanahan coming in kind of as a a late option for them. Uh, I do believe that they were really really excited to talk to Hugh that. They liked the interview, that everything was cool. Um, For a while, I just thought it was a timetable question, that the Browns were pressing Hugh Jackson. uh, The 49ers really wanted to do due diligence, including talking to Tom Coughlin once they realized that that was going to be an option. So uh, Coughlin uh, was going to be interviewed by Trent Baalke as the NFL owner meeting uh, to the side L.A., which mm-hmm. was a big deal, was going down to Houston. Jimmy Haslam didn't show up for that meeting. Uh, he sent his wife, Dee, uh, because he was conducting a second interview with Hugh Jackson, which I think on the 49ers' side, they felt like that was kind of dirty pool. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I might beg to differ. I think there's, you know, it's a big deal for the league to decide L.A., but it's also, you know, it's a tough competitive business, and you hiring a coach is a, is a big, big thing. So... Um, at that point, I would have said maybe it's a timetable thing, but I believe that uh, something changed from the time of the interview till around that time uh, on the 49ers side that they liked Hugh Jackson but weren't uh, you know gung ho, and you know I think Hugh felt that too, and uh, was hoping they'd swoop in and make it interesting, mm-hmm. but uh, ultimately took the job that he was offered. So. Uh, my guess is that that's a Trent Baalke thing. And mm-hmm. uh, again, they had worked together. They seemed to have a good relationship. Uh, I don't know what his comfort level was. I, I think on paper, you could look at Trent Baalke and say, well, he had Jim Harbaugh there, a very, very strong mm-hmm. presence who wore him out and wore out Jed York on a daily basis, but, but was a very, very successful coach. Then you had uh, a yes man uh, on paper, Jim Tonsula, mm-hmm. who, uh, seemed to be out of his depth, which, you know, who could have predicted that? But <laughs> lo and behold, that seems to be what happened. So where do you go? Do You know, do you go with a strong guy like Hugh Jackson who, who's not going to be a dainty flower? Do you go with a guy in Chip Kelly who just made a power grab and had it blow up in space, but maybe on paper a, a chastened, uh, hmm. humble Chip Kelly is going to be uh, someone who capitulates more. I, I mean, I, I just know that the image of Hugh Jackson is that he's this uh, control freak, crazy man. And, you know, I just hope people remember that 
there was a power vacuum in yep, Oakland. No and, and, you know, and I and and I'll say as a disclaimer, I think Hugh would tell you he, you know, he learned some lessons about his coaching style, his presentation, uh, everything from the way he conducted press conferences to uh, just kind of the the vibe he gave out. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in his defense. He does. He's not a coach who wants personnel control. He really doesn't. He doesn't want it in Cleveland. He doesn't. Wouldn't have wanted it in San Francisco. He uh, he filled a vacuum because Al Davis died and there was no manual. Like, okay, what do we do now? And he lost Darren McFadden. He lost uh, Jason Campbell. We saw what they looked like with Kyle Bowler. It was mm-hmm. pretty scary. He felt he was potentially coaching for his job, which it turns out he was. And uh, you know, he. he helped trigger a move for Carson Palmer, which doesn't look as terrible now. So that's that's all I know about the 49ers mm-hmm. and Hugh. I think, you know, uh, it's if you were reporting that he was their guy, I'm not convinced that at that point he wasn't their guy mm-hmm. in their mind because uh, it was consistent with how things were shaking out. But something did change, and yep. I don't know what. Do you think Hugh might have said, hey, I want Colin Kaepernick. You know, th- this is part of what I would want with this franchise, and, and maybe they weren't as sold on that. I don't think so for two mm. reasons. One, um, from talking to Hughes, he he liked Kaepernick, mm. but he wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't all in. Like I have to have this mm. guy. He felt like, you know, if I'll I like this guy, but I want to talk to him first. And if he's if he's in a place that I think I can reach and I can help salvage him, I think it could be awesome. But uh, if not, let's go get somebody else. Uh, the other thing I would say is that from what I'm hearing now, uh, you know, the 49ers sincerely really want Colin Kaepernick to be their quarterback mm-hmm. and, and think that Chip Kelly can really help them. And they're kind of blindsided by, uh, you know, his agent saying we want out. They, they don't love it. And they're hoping that, uh, you know, he kind of comes around and, and stays. So uh, I don't think it was that. All right, we'll be right back after this quick message from our sponsor. Flex your power at South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Gas is at its lowest, and so is our prices. We're number one in Northern California. This means huge savings for you. We've got the 2016 Dodge Challenger Hellcat in our showroom. Looking for a powerful truck? We've got the Ram 2500, 3500. You can build your own work truck, the All-American Jeep Grand Cherokee, and more. Flex your power at South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Drive a little, save a lot, and go on. So where, yeah, where do you think this this front office fits in the, in the NFL landscape? And I'm certainly very critical of it. But uh, from from your view, Mike, you, you're in the Bay Area. You you're around them a lot. You're around a lot of other teams. You know a lot of the way the other teams work. Do you, do you think this is a workable, you know, front office structure with Trent Baalke uh, running the team and Jed York above him and some some people around him and Chip Kelly as the head coach? Well, I think. I think Jed really wants to win, and uh, you know, I, I may judge him by a different standard than some because I remember, uh, you know, what it was like before him, and sure. and uh, you know, obviously that's his father we're talking mm-hmm. about. But mm-hmm. it, you know, in my opinion, Jed's done some really, really good things from you know from getting the stadium to you know creating an environment where by hiring Jim Harbaugh and, and using Scott McLuhan's and Trent Baalke's players. They were able to do some big things, and I, and I don't think he's, you know, I actually am super sympathetic to Jed on the Harbaugh thing, just in terms of if you're, I know the coaches are high maintenance, mm-hmm. and that you know you got to be able to put up with 
that when they're winners. But I also think that if some of the things are true that we've heard that are just downright disrespectful and incendiary, I, I just don't know many bosses who really want to put up with that from, mm-hmm. from an employee at all costs. So mm-hmm. I get that you can change coaches even a, from a coach that good. What you know, what bothered me was you're going to make that change and, and sell it as this, you know, Steve Kerr type transition. <laughs> and you better, you better bring in somebody who's also a, a baller. And if you, uh, you know, you bring in the guy who we all perceive as, Oh God. And then it kind of plays out that way. Although in fairness to Jim Tonsula, they also have the opportunity. Yep. And yep. you know, it, it wasn't an optimal set of conditions, but they clearly, you know, Trent and Jet, Trent and or Jed clearly concluded after the season that Jim Tomsula wasn't the right guy, and uh, you know so that's them admitting the mistake. So, you know, as far as Trent Baalke, I you know I said this a lot with AJ Smith of the Chargers, who you know had no personality and mm-hmm. had trouble getting along with people, and you know lived off some really good picks he'd made, although he made some bad ones too. And I, and I used to say, it's not talent evaluator, it's not chief talent evaluator, the job is general mm-hmm. manager. And that implies an ability to manage. And I, I get that Jim Harbaugh was not the easiest person to quote manage and that, you know, I, that that kind of worked both ways. But, uh, you know, I, I do hope that uh, Trent is also kind of heeding some lessons from all of this and and is going to do his best to create a a good working relationship and and i do have a lot of doubts about chip kelly which i've kind of expressed publicly uh you know beginning with the fact that you know i i keep bringing up publicly how many players have ripped him uh mm-hmm. for his for his leadership style for his personality and people say oh well that's only you know five or six guys and i'm like do you know how hard it is to get a player on the record yep. to rip a coach, mm-hmm. uh, especially when that is his coach, which mm-hmm. basically you know, didn't quite happen with DeMarco Murray, but uh, you know, essentially happened according to that report, which was not refuted of, of him venting to the owner. And, and then, you know, imagine, uh, you know, just think about the fact that Jeffrey Lurie, who's a highly respected owner in the NFL uh, at the press conference announcing Chip Kelly's firing said that he was looking for a coach with quote emotional intelligence. Yep. And that is a yep. highly damning uh, statement. And combined with the fact that, uh, you know, after Chip Kelly flat out said, I, I did not try to get power. This mm-hmm. was not a power grab. Jeffrey Lurie stood up there and said, no, he did. Mm-hmm. He, he demanded power. I gave it to him mm-hmm. and now it didn't work. And now I'm making a move. So, uh, you know, add in the off-the-record people, add in the uh, repeated things we've heard that uh, he seems to at least have a chip, seems to at least have a perception issue uh, when it comes to race, which is a, a real problem. And that's not me saying that, you know, I, I have no idea. As far as I know, Chip Kelly has not a racist bone in his body, but if people who have played for him uh, keep talking about we think he likes a certain type of African-American player or he can't handle a strong one. Uh, that's a perception issue. Uh, and by the way, you were part of a regime that gave Riley Cooper mm-hmm. a big contract extension in the wake of the embarrassing Kenny Chesney video. So uh, I hope Chip Kelly has learned. And, and honestly, from the people I've talked to, uh, you know, in the last couple months 
I'm not hearing a lot of wow, tip the new guy, <laughs> and, and you know, and, and and again, I've talked about Hugh Jackson and how he learned, and maybe it didn't take, maybe it took longer than two months, I don't know, but he definitely changed uh, his approach and his self-assessment. Uh, you know, scouting report from the Raider job till now. I, I hope the chip. I hope the chip is at least, uh, you know, somewhat uh, self scouting. And and honestly, the, I'll just be my last note on this. I thought his uh, opening press conference, and, and we were broadcasting on NFL Network and aired a lot of it. I thought that was a you know, as much as we like to crush Jim Tomsula for that first uh, you know meeting with the press. I thought Chip was uh, really uh, kind of in that snotty, hmm. uh, condescending zone. That you know, maybe that's maybe when you just want to win football games and you don't care how people perceive you, then you know that's how you want to be. But I, I think it was a, a a really bad strategic miscalculation because uh, to me, I saw the the same arrogant guy who believes that his system will work no matter what and uh, has no people skills. So, you know, we've there have been people who have questioned Trent Balky's people skills <laughs> and certainly Chip Kelly's have been questioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, what could go wrong? <laughs> well, speaking of terrible people skills, i got to mention Steve Kerr, you know, obviously a terrible communicator, uh. that guy. Uh Went to went to high school with Mike Silver, so uh, yeah. that's certainly well known. Uh, have you talked to him much last uh, few weeks, few months since he, he was missing? You know, missed those games and, and 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 come back. And what was what was it like for him? I can imagine while he missed all that time. Yeah, you know, I did, and and um, you know, I was really worried. And mm-hmm. when I heard the worry in his voice, mm-hmm. uh, that freaked me out a lot more. And and um, you know, something, uh, you know, the, the process of the back surgery and the spinal fluid, like something got tripped up in his system and, uh, it was, uh, you know, unresolved and unrelenting and, you know, not only super uncomfortable and debilitating, but, you know, very anxiety provoking. And, and this is a guy who has an exceptionally high pain tolerance. Mm-hmm. So I, I know I would have been handling it a lot worse but um yeah i mean i just you know i didn't talk about it a lot and kind of just you know it, it just it was it was not a good few months and and i think it's going a lot better now it's definitely not perfect mm-hmm. and you know i'm still i'm still worried about him and kind of look and see if he's squinting into the light or, mm-hmm. or you know any of those migrainey things yep. but um you know he's back to his uh you know, he's got his swag back, and he's definitely. Uh, I I think there's there's kind of a defiance about him too. That like, okay, this thing is kicking my ass, and and I don't understand why. But at some point, I'm just gonna you know turn it into a fight, and and he's fighting, and it helps when you have, uh, you know, a an interim coach who gave you like, you know, a ninety percent clip uh, coming back, and and it be a team that is is obviously really really good and and has all the great qualities to keep it rolling but uh you know i trust me just the fact that he's back on the sideline is, is a 
is a phenomenal thing. You know, part of me thinks, you know, that it has a blow up with Draymond Green in the locker room, which we know has happened before. Uh, that's almost like, a, hey, hey, that's not, that's a sign that Kerr's back. You know, he, he wasn't, <laughs> yeah. he, this is who, we, right? You know, and this is kind of who he is in, in competitive situations. And that's part of what makes him a great coach is, is someone's going to challenge him or he'll challenge somebody else and they go back at him. He's not, he's not running away. He, he's not hiding yeah. under the desk anywhere. I mean, it, it is kind of, you know, I, I know you know just from covering it more than I do, it is kind of shocking to see somebody who can be a strong leader and very good at what he does, but, you know, be so human mm-hmm. in the interactions with with media and by extension fans. And so, uh, you know, from the I lied uh, <laughs> comment after he, you know, the story lied up to... Yep. You know, and obviously he was in the media, so he he gets it. But he he just is that kind of guy. He's not looking to show you how cool he is or or how tough he is by uh, denigrating you and your questions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I could see his face. You know, he gets asked things <laughs> where I'm like, oh god, he wants to, you know, unload here. Mm-hmm. But you know, there, there's an amount of respect there, and I think he gets it back. So uh, to bring it back to other coaches we've discussed today, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think you know it doesn't mean that if Steve Kerr goes 20 and 62, he's going to keep his job. And it doesn't mean that if Chip Kelly goes 14 and two, he's not going to be heralded as a really good coach. But, you know, we do see some gray areas and, and I'm not even saying that as media people were out to get guys or were out to save guys, but you know, people wonder why Jeff Fisher has had the career he's had with so many seasons where they've had lulls and haven't made the playoffs and, and has still, you know, been shown the respect by owners and and GMs and and media, and I, I think the way he conducts himself uh, has something to do with that. I mm-hmm. just think it's human nature. If you you know, I know Jeff Fisher. I know that he there's a reason for the things he does. I know there's not some bizarre agenda there, <laughs> and I can kind of help defend that when times are tough. You know, I didn't know Josh McDaniel. I just mm-hmm. knew that. He was a little, you know, punk who wore a hoodie and tried to be <laughs> just like Bill Belichick without bothering to coach like him. And so when things went bad in Denver and then there was a cheating scandal and, you know, because how could you possibly defeat the Mike Singletary 49ers <laughs> in London without sending a spy into their walk? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, when things like that happen, uh, I'm going to blast them absolutely. And I, I just don't think you you get the benefit of the doubt, you know, as a human being. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, you know, I do know Steve really, really well as a human. So, uh, I, I'm just glad that the human I know translates so well into, you know, every setting because, uh, you know, that doesn't always happen. Yeah. Great point. Uh, I've taken you so long here, longer than I promised, but I got to get this last question in. Uh, you've been more than, more than great uh, to have on here, but Mike, so what's your favorite restaurant? Ah, God, the, the real question is who do I want to have a chance of getting free food? <laughs> yeah, that's from, a good, that's a good way to place. approach it. That is a really good way to approach it. I respect I that. Mean, I, I've, I've plugged top dog in Berkeley mm-hmm. like 75 mm-hmm. times and Nothing? you know, I'm, I've never gotten a free top dog, but uh, that's okay because it's a privilege. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a random uh, here. We're going to go with the Old Town Mexican Cafe mm-hmm. in Old Town, San Diego. Okay. I am a oh. sucker for, for all yep. Mexican food, but yep. that's as old school as you get. And 
I wish that I could go there and not gain way too many pounds. <laughs> that is one of my favorite spots. Absolutely. was there not too long ago. So uh, fantastic. Great to no. hear from you. We, we could have done another 30 minutes. We haven't even talked about our Twitter policies. We haven't even. Uh, uh, there, there's so much well, to go. I know, and, and yeah. I think our Twitter policy, it makes sense to me and it makes sense yep. to you, but it probably makes sense to nobody That's else. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Like people are asking me about this, like, and I say, it, you know, I I can't really explain it. It's not anything I've I've planned, but yeah, silver right. silver puts it better than me. It's just like you know, I just don't want to. Some people, I just don't want to. This is how I feel, and you don't like it. I don't care. You know, that's sort yeah. of the sort of the idea here. Pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, keywords, my Twitter feed, and, <laughs> you know, I and and the, I just don't think there's anyone that I I I, I have a feeling you agree, but mm-hmm. I don't. There's nobody I have admired in the course of human history who would care about how many followers there you go. he or she has. And yep. so I, I aspire to not care, and that's how I try it. Mike Silver, I could not agree more, and I appreciate it. And, and listen, we'll, we'll we'll do this again. We'll maybe talk about it more. I guess people are fascinated by this, maybe less so than you and I are, but they are fascinated by people on Twitter who say, "I don't really care if you dislike me because this is what I feel." But we'll we'll, we'll have another conversation on that. Thank you so much for hopping around on all these these uh, NFL issues. There'll probably be ten more popping up by the end of next week, but uh, we covered yeah. the ones that we could in the time that we had. All right, man. Thanks a lot for having me. All right, Mike. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, everybody. That's Mike Silver from the NFL Network talking about many, many things, NFL, and just a little bit about our Twitter. I mentioned him often, but I had more people ask me to get Mike Silver on because uh, I think they, they, they like the personality, understand the, the stances, and, and they want to hear more from him. So did my best on that. We could have done a lot more. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for listening to what I did give you. All right, see you. South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Gas is at its lowest and so is our prices. We're number one in Northern California. This means huge savings for you. We've got the 2016 Dodge Challenger Hellcat in our showroom. Looking for a powerful truck? We've got the Ram 2500, 3500. You can build your own work truck. The All-American Jeep Grand Cherokee and more. Flex your power at South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Drive a little, save a lot, and go on. 